business to new insane revenue levels doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about the right strategy, team, efficiencies, and confidence. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. With over 1 million downloads, it's the go-to business podcast dedicated to business owners who want to evolve out of operating in the day-to-day and make their dreams come true. I'm your host, Annette Walter, and I'm so happy you are here. As a former banker, I have now been an entrepreneur for over 15 years and have started, grown, acquired, and sold over 20 multi-million dollar companies to date. Together, you and I will strengthen your existing business, build your dream team and process, grow your wealth and legacy, all while surrounding you with a community of rockstar entrepreneurs just like yourself. Are you ready to evolve? Let's get started. Hi there, and welcome to today's Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Brad Baldridge. He is a college funding specialist. How cool is that? And in particular, he works with entrepreneurs as they are creating a strategy to fund their children's education. And it's a great conversation about finances and the timing of investments as you are growing your business and as your family is growing. So I know that with a lot of the things that we discussed, you're going to walk away with some tactical information that's going to help you and your business. I'd love to hear from you and know what hit you, what worked for you, what really was an aha moment for you. So make sure you send an email at urock at Consulting, or go ahead and give me a DM on Instagram at Daily. I'm glad you're here. I love all the feedback that you give me about the podcast, and I'm just so grateful that we're able to build this community and learn from one another and grow with one another. Keep evolving, entrepreneur. I am so proud of you. Welcome, Brad. Nice to see you today. How are you? I'm doing very well. Great. Today we are joined by Brad Baldridge. He is a college funding specialist and also the host of Taming the High Cost of College podcast. And I know that you have a lot of really good tips um, along with sharing your story here today with our audience. So welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's first start with you. I want to learn a little bit about you and your business journey. Take it from wherever you'd like to start, Brad. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I got involved uh, shortly out of college. I realized that working in a corporation didn't fit my personality well. Mm -hmm. So I got involved in things like rental real estate, and then I became a financial planner and kind of didn't look back from there. And about 15 years ago, I discovered... Uh, college planning. I've been working with clients and realized that as college is getting more expensive, it was becoming a bigger challenge for most families. And there's a lot of things that you could do, but most people didn't understand how it worked. The need-based aid, the merit aid, the negotiating with schools, there's all kinds of things that families can do to help plan and pay for college. Mm-hmm. It's just they weren't doing them. So it's an area I decided to specialize in Mm-hmm. Um, so now I, you know, I do general financial planning, but I, my bread and butter is the typical family that has a high school student and they're trying to figure it all out. So 
you can divide college planning into kind of two stages. The first stage is college is coming someday, which might be, hey, we're pregnant all the way through, say, mm-hmm. middle school, right. where college is coming. We need to get our financial life in order. Maybe we should set up a savings plan of some sort. Um, but then we have late stage planning, which is college is here, mm-hmm. right? We've got a sophomore, junior, senior. We need to visit colleges and pick colleges and majors and careers. And we actually have to fill out these financial aid forms and pay the bills and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people are, you know, get some advice from their financial advisor around maybe setting up a savings plan on that type of thing. But when it comes to really digging in deep into the, well, will you qualify for need-based aid and are there things you can do to improve your odds of qualifying for need-based aid or, and again, for a lot of successful entrepreneurs, especially the answer is no, you're not going to qualify no matter what you do. Right. So then it's, well, what do we do instead? Because most people aren't going to say, well, we are not going to get any aid. Therefore let's cancel college. It's now it's just a bigger number that they need to work on. Right. Um, and that leads me to working with entrepreneurs where entrepreneurs have a lot of opportunities because they own a business and there's ways that they can use business assets and business cash flow to help pay for college for their own children and or their employees and and that type of thing right there's every time we get a new tax law change they add more stuff to help with paying for college whether it's changes in the tax code or tax breaks you know there's tax breaks that you can get that when you pay for college there's ways that businesses can get tax breaks by helping their employees pay for college you know, they're adding ways for 401k matches to mm-hmm. still be applied, even if your employees are paying off their student loans. Mm-hmm. So again, there, you know, there's this constant effort to pay, to make things more friendly around the college process. Mm-hmm. And I think as business owners, entrepreneurs need to understand that, you know, there's two, obviously helping your employees helps you in general, right? I mean, most entrepreneurs are saying, oh, I want to play, pay my, my employees well. And make sure they're happy because they're, you know, they're the thing that makes my business go. Mm-hmm. And if we can do things that make their life simpler or easier, then that's great. But on the flip side, also, they can participate in their own plans, potentially. Whereas mm-hmm. some, you know, some retirement plans and those kinds of things have a lot of limits that prevent the business owner from, you know, taking full advantage there. There's, you have to be fair, so to speak. Some of the college planning things, you don't have to be fair. So you can set something up in the business or you could hire your children in the business. I've got laminating or whatever projects for the younger kids. And then as they get older, building computers or running my network or you know whatever they're capable of doing makes a lot of sense, not just from a tax perspective, but also from a college planning perspective in, mm-hmm. in many cases. So it's kind of a, a double benefit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a, a complicated, challenging um, area for most families, and especially for busy entrepreneurs, where if they worked hard and increased their sales, you know, that's good for year after year after year. They spend a lot of time distracted with, well, how am I going to pay for college? Maybe they use those plans, you know, depending on how many kids you have, obviously, once, twice, maybe three times. But for, you know, and again, it's one of those things where becoming an expert in how to figure out college is probably not worth most people's time, just like changing your own oil or mm-hmm. mowing your own lawn or cleaning your own house. A lot of times it just makes sense to outsource some of that. Right. Well, I like how you took your business and you really went niche with it. 
you narrowed in, you saw that there was a lot of knowledge there that people weren't aware of, weren't accessing. And then you really made that your specialty. So I think that that's, that's huge. And I'm sure you see, you saw your business shift um, from the general sense to, you know, going very highly specific. So kudos to you on that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the biggest challenges with it though, Mm -hmm. is as I'm learning is the kind of on the marketing side, people don't know what they don't know. Therefore they're not really looking for me. Most people don't know that there's someone that can help with college. Right. So your pipes are spraying all over your basement. You know, you call a plumber because right. you're, you're generally educated about that. Right. When you're trying to figure out how to pay for college, who do you call or what do you search for? Or right. So there's a kind of a process that I'm challenged with. And that first I have to educate people about the general existence that is complicated and they might need some help mm-hmm. early enough that, that we have time to actually make a difference. I get these calls all the time. You know, I got a senior we just got offers from four colleges and they're all crazy expensive. What do I do? Right. And a lot of times the answer to that is, well, you messed up. You should have well, applied to different colleges or you <laughs> should have planned better. And, right. you know, not much I can do. I mean, we can figure out how to pay big numbers, but many well, people. And I like how you it. put that in perspective. When you were started out, you said there's there's two stages to this. You know, when your child's born and you start preparing and planning, right, which mm-hmm. A lot of people do, and a lot of people right. don't do. And then, oh boy, fast forward, we we blink, right? People say it, it goes by fast, and it sure does, but not as fast as you would ever think. And now your child is sophomore, junior, senior. Oh boy, what now, right? So there's different right. phases there. So we have an audience, as you know, of entrepreneurs listening. So what are some some things that you would recommend for either stage, either, you know, when the baby is in diapers or when the baby's, you know, in high school uh, for some of the business owners out there that might be helpful to share today. Right. Absolutely. So early stage, again, you've got young kids and, you know, college is potentially coming. I guess a couple of caveats there. For the last 15 years, they've been saying, you know, the higher education is due for a change. Um, I just read a book how, and, you know, the author essentially said, if you look at the publishing industry and newspapers, or if you look at the music industry and how we get used to, you know, buy albums and now it's all online, you know, there's online education is coming and there are some potential shifts in education. I don't know how quickly it's going to go. And then his, and then the final thought there was, there's always going to be that residential college. It just may not be how that's not the only version of college potentially that there is. And we see that in adult education now where, you know, when you're an adult ed student, you don't care about the football team. You don't care about the cool services, all that kind of stuff. You just want the education so you can get the promotion at work or whatever it might be. And you have a different mindset. Well, I think some of that is coming into higher education where if you've got a two-year-old there might actually be choices now. We can do a full residential college. We can get the same education some other way mm-hmm. as yet to be invented. We don't know what it's going to look like. And we don't know what it's going to cost. So that's one the one big caveat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for generally speaking, the residential college is not going to get much cheaper for sure because it just it's an expensive way to do it. Mm-hmm. And 
for those that have gone to college, a lot of us say, well, that's why I'm working so hard so that my kids can have that experience. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think education is slower to change is there's people that are willing to bend over backwards and spend crazy amounts of money mm -hmm. because they want their kids to have the experience that they had. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's here to stay, but there might be other options. That being said, if you think you want to spend you know, quite a bit of money on education, well, then you got to bake that into the cake early on because I have a lot of people come to me and I don't care how much money you earn, you know, it's hundred thousand, 200,000, 300,000. None of them can afford college because they didn't think about it as part of their overall budget. Right. And then all of a sudden they have a 17 year old and you, and we do the math and I say, well, I need a, well, either $150,000 now, or I need 3000 a month. Mm -hmm. And they look at me like I have two heads and mm -hmm. it's like, well, I mean, that's the math. Now, had you started, you know, 300 a month when they were born, you'd have a pile of money now, but you didn't. Right. right. And, I, and I'm not saying you need to save either because some entrepreneurs are like, well, I can't, I don't have 300 a month now, but I should have a thriving business 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Well then remember that when you said that and don't spend every, all the money from your thriving business when you get there, mm -hmm. because right. you have this unfunded college liability that's going to going to be there. And that's where, you know, most families learn to spend everything they make. And it, and if that's the case, that's when college is hard to shoehorn in mm -hmm. because the average person earning 150,000 looks at someone that earning 200,000 and says, well, what do you mean they can't afford to pay for college? They make 50,000 more than me. They should have lots of money rolling around for college. And that mm -hmm. person earning 200,000 says the same thing about the, the 300,000, mm -hmm. but it's my bigger garage theory. I don't care how big your garage is. It's always full because you don't even consider, you know, liquidating something or being more organized until your garage is full. Then it's like, okay, we got to get rid of the toys or a car or whatever it is. Um, and I think that's, you know, so big picture, it's really putting it as part of the plan, right. whether you directly save for it or you just you know, build your reserves. You know, if you've got a net worth, you've got a hundred thousand dollars that isn't earmarked for anything in particular, and it could become college. Great. Or if it's specifically for college, that might be the right thing to do as well. Right. Again, entrepreneurs might say, I don't want to lock up college money. Cause I, you know, I might want to go make a deal with it in the next couple of years and then put it back when the deal is over. And so they want to keep their liquidity available. So it just really depends on your situation, your approach, your strategy. I like how you right. were touching on earlier, you know, um, funding the employees college tuition. Now, are you saying I'm just kind of opening a general question here for those that may not know this, but are you saying for the employee specific or for their children's and their children's 529s and the employee All the above? Okay. I thought it. Yep. Uh-huh. Right. So there's things like tuition reimbursement plans, mm -hmm. right? Large companies have them. So if you work for, I think UPS still operates their plan because they have a lot of young, young people working. And so if you work for this particular company and you go to school, they'll reimburse a portion of your tuition. Mm -hmm. Well, your small business can have a tuition reimbursement plan. Mm-hmm then your kids can take advantage of said, you know, and so you can go to little Johnny or little Susie and say, you know what, if you get an, a, if you get an F or better in this class, I'll reimburse you. Right. 
And that works as long as they're, then again, there's attribution rules that they may need to be older than 21, depending on the exact relationship. So there's rules and regulations. Obviously right. you got to, something know, to honesty. look into, right. Something to right. look into. That was a great exactly. tip. Yes. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And then there's a lot of times the 529 companies now, and the States are offering tax breaks for right. businesses that install college savings for their employees as part of payroll. Mm-hmm. So Again, it might, to look into. Right. it may not cost you uh, as much as you think because of the tax uh, benefits as well. Right. But not only that, like think about it from a retention standpoint, keeping exactly. some of really good people um, and offering them something that, you know, they know that they need in the long term and they might not be able to, from a cash flow household standpoint, save for right now. But if we're able to contribute as employers really help them and their family, right? Mm-hmm. So what do, you like, what do you like best about what you do? I don't want to keep you too long. It's such an interesting and fascinating topic. I know that it's like, you know, it's just one of those things you don't get to talk about often, but when you do, it's like, okay, I need to be thinking about this. I like this topic. Mm-hmm. I want to know more. There's more, I, there's more out there that I need to know, right? Right. Um, I guess a couple of things. One is I can... I can add a lot of value and usually I can save a lot more than I cost. So it's kind of a win-win or all around where Good. I save people time and effort where it's like, Oh, I didn't know any about any of this stuff or I didn't, right. you know, I'm, you know, I get people up to speed quickly. Um, and obviously they pay me, but a lot of times it's well, because we got this tax break or we did this or we got that net cost of college went down for you mm-hmm. and I got paid to help you and I saved you a bunch of time. Right. And, you did it well instead of fumbling through it. And, you know, so again, so everybody wins. That's great. That's great. So where can um, our audience find you, learn more from you, support you? Yes. I'm everything I do is at taming the high cost of college.com. Okay. So I've got a, I've got a podcast there. Uh, lots of blog posts and resources. Great. It's things like the scholarship guide for busy parents. Most people uh-huh. don't understand how scholarships work. It's a four video series that, again, it's not going to teach you everything you need to know about scholarships. It's going to teach you enough so that you can decide whether or not it's worth your time to dig further, right? That's for great. some people, scholarships is a complete waste of time. For some people, right. it's something you need to jump in with both feet right? and figuring that out with enough time to actually get the work done or writing it off and saying scholarships aren't for us. We're going to have to, you know, set up a savings plan or do it a different right. way. Right. Um, so like I said, a lot of free resources, and then you certainly Love can it. reach out through the website as well. Awesome. And we're going to drop all that in the show notes. Congratulations to you and the work you're doing and all the people that you are helping. And um, just thanks for being here. What a great, great business. Great topic. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brad. Thank you for having me. It was great. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. 
I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.